Hello everyone, welcome to the Leadership Journey Podcast, an absolute enlightenment for leaders on how to become better, serve better, love better, and to live better. I would like you to tune in and listen open-mindedly for beneficial messages to come across to you. Good. Hello everyone, thank you for joining me on today's episode. On today's episode, we have Eric Landlum from the United States. And he, 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 he's going to share what he knows with us. Eric, thank you for joining us on today's episode. Thank you for inviting me to your show. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, please just give us a, a quick intro about yourself. Okay. Um, I'm Eric. I'm with, uh, I have a company called Leadership Developed here in the United States. And um, I'm a retired United States Marine Corps officer and a combat pilot, in which I did casualty evacuations. And then um, we started. I started a company with my wife in which we uh, help people um, be better, than, you know, improve themselves so we can build bigger or better communities by everyone improving themselves. And so, uh, yeah, she <laughs> does uh, financial coaching and I do leadership uh, speaking and mentoring. That is great. I love that. Both of you are into influence and that is something I so much love. That's something I so much believe in. And I love how you guys have been able to work together to put out good content, being able to help other people beyond your geographical location and that is awesome i love that so let's just get into today's uh, uh, uh work uh, and the first question is what is your definition of leadership okay um that's a great question because that's my first question for my audiences when i start off uh, uh, a seminar so there's like what 221 published different definitions so that's why i always ask that question but for me uh we're talking about for me leadership is that positive influence that um you has on a group of people that's willing to follow the vision of a person they call the leader. And uh, even if it means putting them in an uncomfortable situation, because they know that the vision will be much greater uh, than where they're at right now, if they don't go through this situation to be that, to build and grow, to be that uh, much better. Oh, I love that. I, I love that definition so much. And my listeners know that the, uh, my definition of leadership, I love it so much because I took it from one of my biggest role models, which is John Maxwell. I love John Maxwell so much. He has been one of those top leaders that has formed my uh, leadership skill and everything I know about leadership. So I, I, my, my definition of leadership is simple and I take from John Maxwell, which is leadership is influence because I do not just want to bring out too much but i just want to make it simple even for the layman who is just listening to the podcast and i say leadership is influence nothing more nothing less so what does this mean this means you've been able to influence someone that mm-hmm. is that is you've been able to lead you've been able to assist assist someone that is you've been able to lead you've been able to render help to someone that is you've been able to lead because jomanza will say you're getting into a room and if you're trying to find out the leader, look for the, the person who has the influence because the person who has the influence is the real leader in that uh, society or organization. Yeah. And which leads me to my next question because I, I just spoke about how Jomanzo helped form my, uh, 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 my leadership skill and into what I, I became, I, I am today, sorry. I want to ask you: At what point in your life did you did you uh, realize that you are a leader? Well, I 
kind of forced myself to be a leader because um, my dad was a, a civic a civic leader. He was a city commissioner. Uh, you know, he worked with uh, state governors in his job, and he was always in a political position. So, and then my grandfather was very charismatic and very involved in his community in North. And then we grew. I grew up in North Dakota, which is the okay. middle of the United States and cold. And so um, he's very influential. He had very great charisma. He was charming. He brought. So I was like, I grew up thinking, oh yeah, these are going to happen naturally for me, and it did it. Um, it was, you know, a rude awakening that nobody, nobody wouldn't follow my vision because I kind of demanded it. I mean, I was a little selfish little kid. Um, so, but the first time I actually had eyes on, you know, that whole people that called me the leader was probably in college, uh, when I was a, uh, three in theater, um, theater and film and uh there's a time where we needed a director for a show and all eyes came on me saying hey we like this idea you have do you want to put it together and i was like oh, uh i was just talking but okay <laughs> and so i had a crash course in humility in which i had to really understand what collaboration in the artistic sense was because um, actors and actresses they are you know they want to be part of the experience they want to contribute things and I learned real quick from that moment when I had to be a director that I had to be sensitive and manageable of people's feelings egos to create something that people wanted to pay money to go see so it was very that moment I learned real quickly that it wasn't about me, it was about the people I was putting up on stage. It was about them enjoying the process, enjoying being on their stage so that can relate to the audience in which they would enjoy the show. Big success. Lots of luck, lots of luck though, that's for sure. So those, I did that three times before I joined the Marine Corps. When I joined the Marine Corps, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a natural leader. And then, oh my gosh, Talk about uh, rude awakening. Um, I was, I you know, I was technically and tactically proficient. You know, was above. I was like one of the best at what I did. But because I did not know how to lead, I couldn't get a position of leadership. They would not give me the position of leadership because of uh, my inability to be a good person, a good human being, a person that would attract people to follow especially you know we're training for combat you know it's not about giving orders it's about people willfully believing in the mission and they agreeing with the mission to go put themselves in harm's way so that's why i always get frustrated when i hear uh corporate executives saying oh you're just you just tell them what to do and they do what you tell you they tell you i'm like no it wasn't i could not win somebody over unless they believed in it and if you don't have that personal connection and learn, you know, for me, it was getting past myself, getting past my ego, getting past, um, getting past everything I thought I was and just stripping myself down to nothing and learning from the great academic uh, leadership experts, uh, people who, are, were in, who I thought were leaders and spending time with them and just learning and 
having a role model and getting their mentorship and getting their feedback. And that's how I created, that's how that leadership got created into something greater and to which I was able to grow in about 25 years to lead, you know, these massive organizations that all these billions of dollars of aircraft and be able to say, and be able to say, I can pinpoint each person that helped me along the way. Because there was no time that this was me figuring it on my own. This was me collaborating, learning from others, and taking their input, taking their hard, rude facts about me, you know, that vulnerability you're talking about, yeah. that was important to me to be to be stripped down, vulnerable, and saying, all right, where am I messed up? Where am I not doing well at? And there can pinpoint say, this is where you're this is where you're falling short. And be able to take that and grow it and mold it. And it still happens. I mean, that's why I have a wife, right? She's gonna <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I love that. Now <laughs> you I, I it's like you're thinking ahead of me and most oh, of the questions No 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 I love that. I love that. The questions you the question I'm asking you're answering it and you're giving points in which I would have asked you the question next. But I love that you 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 went to mentorship, but would leave mentorship for now, would we'll go back to we'll go back to that later. Now okay. I, I, I love that you you made yourself even though you saw at an early age that you were not uh, uh, showing yourself in how you you, you you wanted to become you, you were able to be uh, you noticed that you were not you've not you've not become that leader you want to become and I love how you were able to submit yourself to learn you were able to uh, and guys the vulnerability we're talking about was when myself and Eric were talking about an episode I recorded with the guest but, but that I would leave that for now so and you were able to accept your responsibility you were able to accept your faults that is the vulner, that is where the vulnerability comes in you've been able to accept your faults being able to lay down and take all thoughts that you are wrong and you're able to look for those who would uh, mentor you, who would grow you and you at the same time being with the right association and I love that, I love that, I love that. Now, I, I, I want us to go into how when you were in military and okay. most times, I don't know if it is a myth but I want to believe it is true that there is this some sort of discipline military uh, that military does to every military personnel there's this sort of leadership skill that is instilled in you so i need to ask is that true and how how did military influence your leadership skill so yeah so yeah the first so the marine corps is being as small as a uh, organization that it is you you are going to be a leader with, they want, they expect you to be a leader within probably a year or two after joining. So you're strictly right off the bat, you are get, given so many leadership courses and given so many leadership challenges on as you grow. And so, yeah, it's very well instilled. Now, when we talk about military leadership, or at least in the Marine Corps, and the way I interpret their leadership, it is no kidding, management or being the boss on top of the skill of having the humanistic leadership. Mm. So um, you, it was like, um, uh, if anybody listens to Jocko Wilkins and uh, Leif Babbins, they talk about uh, 
extreme ownership, right? Yeah. And the leader owns everything. He is responsible for everything. That is a very big, true thing in the Marine Corps and in any military service. Um, it is important that the leader owns everything. He doesn't blame. He then, but he also dissects what went wrong. He has the plan. He communicated the plan well to everybody up and down. So people above him know what they were doing. People below him who are executing the missions with him know what they're doing. So when something goes wrong, it isn't they're looking to blame somebody. If you have complete ownership, if you really own what you do, um, what happens is you are able to dissect, hey, this is how we planned this thing out. This is what went wrong here, 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 and here. And this is how we're going to fix it for future training. And then which your bosses and your boss's boss have that confidence in you now to say, yes, you know what went wrong. You know how to, uh, you know how to uh, fix it and we expect it to be better. We're going to continue our faith and trust in you. And that's a big thing when that word faith and trust is always implied to every position of leadership in the Marine Corps. So that is very much instilled to everybody that uh, succeeds as they move up. Now, there are times, trust me, there's that whole uh, sense of justice where you're like these outside forces, outside influences that just, uh, just, you know, take, you know, just tear apart every result you're trying to get. And it sucks. I agree. I mean, I want to say, you know, bad timing, bad weather, bad influence, or somebody you know, totally went out of their way to uh, make us fail. But the leader that owns it, he can see all that. He can articulate it in a way without blaming and saying, we did not calculate for this. If we would have calculated for this, we think we could have mitigated the risk. And that's where, um, for me, I believe in uh, the hierarchy of a leadership team because that's uh, decision-making levels, and then that's, and with decision-making levels is uh, risk management, risk mitigation, and that's very important as a leader to be able to say, okay, I'm willing to accept this risk. What risks can I send, you know, let my leadership team that's below me that I'm trying to teach to be leaders, what can I give them? I need to know, not only this shows me that I trust them, but it allows them to learn from, you know, what can I give them to learn from? Because um, they need to learn how to make decisions, and you know, that's one thing I've always, you know, I always wanted to be able to figure out was how do I teach, not just military people, how do I teach a teenager who's fighting to get out of the house? They're, they just want to be their own person. They don't want to listen. You know, it's not that they don't want to listen to their parents. They just want to make their own decisions. They want to live their life. How do you teach them to effectively make decisions and be successful? And that's where I would love to figure out what, how we can, feed, you know, in our school systems or in I'm not, sorry, I'm not a parent, so, but I have these ideas of, you know, how decision-making can be uh, taught, grown, and then effective for a growing adult and a growing leader. Wow. I love that. Now, <clears throat> you, you, you hit a lot of points there now, and uh, I am seriously loving this conversation right now because I can feel the energy you're really passing out right now. So now, you talked about the... Uh, kind of uh, ownership mentality that is uh, a, a leadership that mentality that he or she owns it fully and I learned that because that will help 
that will help make every leader accountable. That will make every leader responsible because you are treating this like it's your own. You believe you would lose if you do not get this right. And yeah. I think everyone on the team or everyone who wants, who wants to be a better leader should accept that responsibility, that mentality, sorry. Whereby you have that ownership mentality and you instill it into everyone you work with because it will make your work easier. Whenever there is a fault, you know how to uh, 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 go back it. You know, okay, this is a mistake. How can we solve it? It will make uh, the, the solution to a problem more easy because everyone will be accountable. They will be able to pick their faults that, oh, I caused this. I did this. I did this. So it will make everyone accountable. And funny enough, I learned this because I was reading a book uh, yesterday evening. And this book was talking about, uh, it got to a point, it was talking about innovation and how uh, businesses can innovate and move forward during this time. And in that book, it talked about most times why businesses try to uh, take on, try to achieve innovative ideas what they do not is because their team or the team that was set up do not have that ownership mentality they they just believe that uh it's the it's for it's for the profit is and it's right. the owner of the business that needs the profit that person the author was trying to say that is wrong because what whenever the employees are feeling like uh it's just for the owners of the business it won't make uh, uh accountability a serious thing to make accountability a, 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 a key a factor for everyone in the same and i love that you you hit that point because most people back gonna the days when people think uh, you've been able to have that ownership mentality is being able to uh, own, trying to own the people that works for you or that works with you no that is not what it is it's been able to make everyone be accountable, be responsible, being able to accept their faults or their mistakes. And if leaders can know that, I think it will go a long way for every leader. And I love how you were able to hit that point. And now, let, let, let me go. Uh, we were talking like two days ago and we were talking about how you were able to uh, uh, move from the military, uh, military sorry, into the society and everything. And this inspired a question to me. And I said, okay, now you were able to, maybe not easily for you because I was not there in the process. I was not there. sure it won't be easy for you, but you were able to overcome. You were able to achieve what you said. Now, most leaders have this problem, this problem of identity crisis. They yes. find it difficult to understand yourself they find it difficult to know who they have and when they get to lead it affects their their leading affect how they connect with their team members affect how they not only their team members but people they work with people they relate with it can affect how they, they they interact with their family members or their friends so how do you think leaders should overcome the the problem of identity identity crisis the biggest thing and trust me i had to learn this the hard way myself was i had to learn to drop my ego my ego is always is always in the way. I had to learn how to change my vocabulary. And that's where um, I went to, so after I left uh, the military, I went back to college to go to my master's in business administration, in which I went with 54 other 
executives that are doing the same thing, trying to increase their education as well. But what I by interacting with these people was for me to be an effective leader with them who were like, hey, don't tell me what to do, military boy. They want, you know, I have to drop my ego. I have to really learn how to their language, uh, dropping all the military jargon and all the military ideas, be able to translate that into everyday, you know, things. So that's what two years of reflection does for you. Um, and then learning how to just uh, lift those people up. So like we get put together as teams, right? So you can imagine you're a team of five in which four of them are vice presidents of their different corporations. And then there's me and trying to be effective. And I'm trying to um, be, you know, a leader eventually within the team, even though if I'm not designated leader, you know, it's, it's a matter of, uh, it wasn't about me, it was about, okay, hey, you're in this field, you're in this range, you're an expert in this area, tell me about it. it you know, I rose, I lifted that person up, it fed into their ego, <laughs> fed into their ego now, I'm using it at them to be able to buy into the direction and the vision that I'm creating. Eventually, that would pay off on our uh, final, our capstone final, in which we were, uh, I, I, like uh, I came into this team and they were like, hey, you're in charge. They're all looking at me and I'm like going, I'm not the business person. <laughs> no, no, no. Your plan, your vision, beautiful. You got this. And so when I learned how to drop the word I and me and learn to use the words we and us, hmm. that was very important because that changed everything. I started using the words we and us, uh, results were coming, participation increased, uh, ideas were thrown out without any repercussions, collaboration was happening at levels that I didn't, haven't seen since the military, you know, and trust. I mean, this team and I still talk yeah. to each other. That's uh, the number, my number two, we and I go for runs. Mm -hmm. Start, we think about starting a business and we're throwing ideas back and forth at each other because you drop your ego, you drop, it's not about me, it's about this group or about this organization or about this vision. You'd be amazed what happens. And it took me, I mean, a long time because in the military, you're fighting, you're fighting for these positions to move up and you're always advertising yourself as, well, I led my group to do this. I led my group to do that. And you're, everybody's doing that. So we're trying to one up each other to grow and to be get, you know, compete for these, these spots. As soon as I got away from that and I've been, you know, trust, and I've had many, many people asking me, it's like, why are military people so intense? And I'm like, cause you're always competing. I mean, combat's the ultimate competition, but business is the second, you know, ultimate competition. <laughs> And so you get intense versus now looking back and reflecting going, I could have done that then. Here's how I could have done that. First, I can calm myself down. Second, it's build a leadership team. It's not me, the leader, it is the leadership team. Um, bring the leadership team into my vision. Hey, this is my idea. Create the think tank to be able to create ideas or ask the questions. What do we know? What do we not know? What are things that we assume 
that are true, but aren't. We don't know. We need to make sure they are true. Otherwise, we're filling in gaps with bad information. And by having that leadership team, you really grow. You, the egos are gone. The vulnerabilities are increased. People uh, talk freely. And yeah, there's sometimes that something hurts, you know, will hurt, he said. But because we've already built that trust, we know that it comes from a good place of you know, that they're trying to uh, put something that could help or be a uh, what if situation going to hate. We thought about that. So, so that's a big thing about that vulnerability for that dropping the ebooks and And um, a lot, you know, I've heard, you know, I've read that and I've heard that so many times that people enjoy a leader that I understand it now. I totally transcend with it. I understand where my failings were. I was a growing leader. I had to drop, get past me, take care of the organization, take care of the people that called me. You understand that's what it was. I wasn't a leader because I said I was a leader. I was a leader because I had two hundred thirty-seven men and women who were like going, and they still called me. I love that. And now that's where I got to get careful about the ego. Because mm-hmm. you be like, oh, I got all these people, and they trust me, and they love me. It's like, no, we love each other. We trust. Each that's the biggest thing we're gonna talk later about well now (laughs) (laughs) no no i i love that i love that now i'll go back to something you said you said when you went back to college and you're trying to uh go back to get your master's in business um administration now you said mostly the people you work with were uh, you were studying with were the vice presidents of companies and executives of companies now and you remember that i asked you a question on uh safe self-identity now so how how were you able to like know on know who you are not to be uh, uh oppressed by those you were studying with the executives of uh, of companies you were studying, how were you able to uh, 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 know your true self, understand yourself without being uh, influenced by their titles and their success? Yeah, well, that's that first thing. That's <laughs> for me. That meant I spent about twice the time studying to keep the knowledge level up with them. Knowledgeable in it, and it goes back to working twice as hard to keep up in your mind. You say that, but in reality, you're going to surpass people. And so, if I that view of myself, knowing hey, I'm coming from nowhere, and these guys have been somewhere, I know my identity is I'm down here in my mind, I'm down here, even though everyone else thinks I'm there yeah, with okay. them. But if I keep myself thinking to myself, hey, I'm playing catch up. And I'm working hard and I'm always my next goal, my next goal, and next goal. Instead of having setting one big goal, I'm setting these little goals and I'm moving up and I'm moving past them. You know, I'm, I'm then identifying with them because I learned with them what they're trying to teach. And then I'm, we're having the conversation. Uh, the second biggest thing that happened that was very helpful, that was very helpful in identity crisis was. Um, Finding a group within there 
of the of them that wanted to be part, wanted to take me in, and it's like, you know what you're going through. We've had this with other people in our company, and we think that you have value to add to society if you allow us to help you. And that was big. Um, those people, I mean, are very, you know, they're uh, very good at what they do, but they were very gracious with their time and their energy to help identify, you know, help me figure out who I am. Um, and at the same time, they'd ask, well, what do you think about us? And I had to actually I, give me a day to formulate the correct, concise words because uh, I use mil- I'll use military jargon, and you'll not you'll not understand what I'm saying. And so I really use that time to reflect. And we created a great bond for us, and we still talk to each other. And they're always asking, so when are you gonna come uh, apply for a job? Ah, <laughs> uh, wow, wow! I love that because. Uh, I, I'm sure you know this that a lot of people when they get to find their situation, they find themselves in your kind of situation. There are some people that they would be oppressed by their success and their positions and their titles, and which would uh, make them lose their identity, which now leads them to ego because they get to have that ego because they do not understand themselves, they do not trust themselves. They do not know who they are. They do not believe in themselves. So they get to set standards for themselves. Not their own standards, but those people's standards for their own life, which, which would affect them. And this this leads me to this next question. How does ego affect the effectiveness of a leader? So it totally takes away the effectiveness the people that your leadership team and the people that you lead are supposedly calling you leaders, they no longer have faith in you because now you start using the words I and me again. Um, I think of celebrity leaders, um, you know, these corporate uh, executives that are famous and we post them on Instagram for having these great quotes. At the same time, they've lost their effectiveness as a leader because they are so up front and forward talking about how they did it. This is how I did it, how I did it. And I'm like going, hold on a sec. You can do this by yourself. <laughs> or stop telling me about the stories where you did great on first try. Tell me about the stories about when you hit that roadblock and you gotta figure your way around it. Tell me those stories. Tell me how you came to learn to make your decision making. Tell me how you learned how to um, mitigate risks to be successful. Those are things that are interesting to me, but as soon as um, your ego is in place again, you start putting it, it starts becoming a uh, barrier between you and the people that you think you're leading. Um, corporations that I can think of that have that going on, there's a step, you know, there's a reason why there's a CEO vice or CEO and president is because the president's going to take care of the people while the CEO is doing the forward, outward stuff, right? And so it's very important that, you know, I've seen great CEOs and I've worked with a great CEO who's, you know, it's never about him, it's about his people, about the people he hires and he's able to take any, any person from any walk of life and bring them into his organization and they are much better people, they're happier people, they love coming to work, they have better lifestyles, and 
because it was not about him. It was about, and it wasn't about the profits. And that was amazing when I met this guy and I was, you know, I spent about every month, once a month talking with him, learning about how he thinks, how he learns. And it was never about him. It was about the organization. It was about the people. It was about the process. I'm like, what about the profits? Profits come when you take care of the people, he said. Profits were coming because the goals we set to raise the people, and it cost them, you know, it's investment, it's capital investment, but it paid off in the long run. Now, going through what the situation now, I, I can't imagine any companies, like, they're, you know, as much as they love their people, they're through, going through some hard times. I get that, they're making the tough decisions. And, you know, I cannot judge that. Now, what I will, and I won't, I learned lately, don't judge, evaluate. So I'm just saying evaluate. But ego is the biggest barrier that can um, make or break an effective leader. Um, if you ever read the book, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yeah. Awesome book. Yeah. He talks about, in that book, was my leader, you know, that was a leadership book that you know, I thought used as a leadership book. And I believe, you know, he says the greatest, the companies that went from good to great wasn't because they had an awesome CEO, is because the CEO created a leadership team and put the. Yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> now, because we're running out of time. Yeah, I am here with you. I am here with you. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no problem. No problem. I said because we're running out of time, we'd have to run through some things quickly. Now, my next question for you, and I would need you to help me answer that quickly, is how does mentorship contribute to one's growth as a leader? How's it uh, as a leader because it gives you first a role model gives you then second and those are the things I have is uh, a role model always have a role model something that somebody that sets the example for you to follow and having that feedback and having somebody that you can bounce ideas off of to keep your uh, make sure that you're not putting something uh, you're actually um, that's uh answers I always go to and then I have a collaborator that I work with uh, right now where I bring come back to me and they're like you know, they give me good feedback and that feedback is very important to be as a leader if you don't have feedback you don't know what you're doing is effective or not right okay okay so my last two questions now if you have to pass a message on unity what will it be And unity first is to understand right now I've been especially here in the United States we are in a position where everyone has their ideals and people with their ideals and so they come and make their own we're gonna call them social tribes right and they really hang on to each other and they won't compromise they don't want to compromise because they think that their uh, opinions that they have are uh, reflective of their values so they really get important for those leaders of those groups to connect with other leaders of other groups to be able to find a commonality, to be able to 
talk, collaborate, uh, cooperate. And then when those community when those uh, community leaders bring themselves together, they create a bigger uh, society. And they, this and that's how we get our unity back going is by reaching out and finding hey, what are common ground. You know, for like me and you, our common area has been in, in development. And we believe and read the same thing so we can reach out to each other and then we can collaborate we collaborate with each other we grow our society you know our groups are now coming together as well encouraged to go out later wow my i've had the privilege of living in you know all over the world and it was important for me to understand people of what their culture was what their values were find the common space between that to be able to have us figure out what we can do together so that's a big thing that i talk about with unity is you know having the courage to find a common ground to increase the size of our uh or our little group as it is and then we can create a more global society great awesome advice awesome advice so i would just let us we uh because i'm i told you the last time we were speaking i said i believe the world is more diversified i believe the world is more in this array the world is there more hatred in the world so my advice everyone right now would just be let's try to listen let's try to listen it doesn't matter the party it doesn't matter who is talking at the moment just let's try to listen because i believe everyone just want to put out what they know everyone just want to keep saying what they know without we listening to others we don't want to listen to what other people are saying we don't want to hear what people are saying so when we try to listen you get to understand what they are saying you get to understand what the other party is trying to pass out even though we do not believe in that but because we've tried to listen we would be able to understand that person's perspective be able to understand what that person is trying to pass to us so we just have to listen we just try to we should try to listen and if we we we, we, we listen more often it gets to bring a common ground for understanding for everyone which will not improve how we'll be able to connect with each other because if right now you you were you were talking and i just went off i i am not listening to you if i would find it difficult to understand what you're saying i'll find it difficult to connect with you because i i feel and listening to you so we should just try to listen now the last one i would last question i would ask yeah. you but i'm not sure uh the, the next one would permit us to do that are you still with me eric uh okay no problem no problem uh so guys thank you for joining us on today's episode and i i i really appreciate you eric for for you sharing your knowledge with us on today's episode i really do not take this for granted and i love every bit you said today you you shared a lot and i am going to make use of everything you said and thank you so so much so 
is there a way our listeners can connect with you or follow you to learn from you more yes yes um thanks for like yeah, thanks for having me on your show i appreciate it very much to have a, a chance to work with you collaborate with you and understand your points of view as well um so you can follow me on instagram i'm at leadership underscore developed also on facebook leadership underscore developed you can also find me on LinkedIn at um, Those are right now that's my social media feed, and then uh, in my social media feed, you'll find my website, which is uh, on rex.com, in which uh, I'll have uh, the, pretty much my collection of my articles and my uh, in my posts and content that I put out there to share with everyone. So they see it again and people that aren't on those social media platforms to find it as well. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Wow. Thank you so, so much, Eric. Thank you so, so much. And I hope we'll be able to bring you back on this show to learn a lot from you again. I hope to bring you back again and again. So guys, I would be uh, tagging him in everywhere you're listening to us. I would make sure his website and the social media handles are there for you to connect with Eric. So thank you so so much once again. So and please if you you loved this conversation please try to give us a, a, a review on Apple, iTunes, wherever you're listening to the podcast. Try to give us a beautiful review until we meet next week. I would like to show our appreciation to as many that tuned in. We hope you enjoyed every bit of this episode. Please do make it a date to join us next week for another wonderful episode of the Leadership Journey. Let's endeavor to inform our friends and colleagues, and I promise you won't regret it. See you next week and stay tuned. Bye-bye.